Oh, right. what are we doing, Luke? What are we watching? How much blood is coming out of this man? What the hell just happened? What are you looking at? Darkness? Yeah, darkness. They had went all the way in. I knew that was coming out tonight. Welcome to the Review to Death podcast. I'm Marcus. And I'm Luke. We watch movies and talk about them right after we finish it, except this time we didn't. We watched them separately, this one. Yeah, you know, the holidays came around and with that comes, uh, you know, certain responsibilities and we, we just couldn't get it done this time. So we watched them separate and, and it's fine. Although if, if we would have watched this one together, Marcus, you would have had a lot of... Re- <laughs> you would have had a lot of recording of me making all kinds of noises. Yeah, this is, um, it, it, it goes to figure that the one that we don't watch together is maybe our best one of our whole series. Maybe. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Maybe. Also, before we, we continue again, I feel like I need to mention this once every couple of movies. I've been watching horror since I was, you know, too young to be watching it, guys. I can handle everything just fine, except for stuff dealing with eye trauma. And with that said, let's continue. This time we watched Black Christmas, the 2006 remake. Luke, why does this movie get so much hate? You know, I, I, I'm not sure. It's a really well-made movie by a director that, you know, his, his previous movie was the 2003, which is also a remake of, of Willard with Chris, Crispin Glover, which I really, really liked. That one did not do well, though. It was... Mm-hmm. It did pretty awfully, as well as this one. This one also did well. And I think uh, I think the, the director said that if, uh, you know, he had these two, like, financial flops back-to-back, he was going to quit directing, and I think that's what he did. Yeah, I, I, I think this one did okay, because I think it cost, like, $9 million. It ended up making about, like, between 26 and 30. I, I can't remember what the uh, final gross was. So, I mean, it, it made money. But, yeah, it definitely wasn't a hit or anything. And it's funny that we have to specify that is a 2006 Black Christmas remake because there's also a 2019 Black Christmas remake. Yeah, from what I've heard, it's totally different. Yeah, yeah, totally different. And then if IMDb is to be believed, there is yet another remake coming out uh, within the next year or so. I just can't leave this one alone. Uh, You know, it's it's a remake of the granddaddy of all slashers. I feel like people are going to just keep going back to it. I think that's that's one of the reasons why it gets so much hate. I think people that have seen the original love the original, and this is definitely different than the original, as it should be. Yes, they they do. This is what I appreciate about it. In fact, right away, the first 30 minutes, except for, for certain things that were supposed to make me uncomfortable, which were, I was enjoying this very, very much. And it's uh, it's definitely doing something different. If you want to dive into it right away, it, it, it still follows the same basic plot as the 1974 original. But in that movie, the, the, the killer, who we only know him as Billy, we never learn anything about Billy. We don't know no. his motives. We don't know where he's from. We don't know why he's doing it. The movie ends and we still are, are left in the dark as far as why this is all happening and i i would argue that's part of the reason why that movie's so effective oh no it works that's the reason why it's so good it is slow it plods along but you're never not entertained by it but it's almost not about the killer himself it's more about you know like the idea of it happening yeah, and it's based on that, uh, you know, that urban legend about, you know, the, the babysitter and the, the phone calls coming from inside the house. That's, 
where that story originated. Yeah, the, the, the situation is unnerving enough and it's done well enough and it becomes a it's one of the one of the first slashers, you know, in America, at least. Because I think when when did Giallo start making their way, uh, you know, across? It, I think it was the late 60s, yeah. maybe the early 70s. But well, you know, they're different. Even like the Giallo slasher is different than this. That's than, true. Than like the original Black Christmas. It's a different kind of movie. Yeah, you, you can draw a much more pronounced line from the 1974 original to, say, you know, Scream than you can from uh, any Giallo movie. You know what I mean? Right. The original Black Christmas, it's it's about a group of sorority girls that all live together in, you know, the sorority house. And, uh, you know, they keep getting disturbing phone calls. There's some side plots here and there. And, uh, you know, some of them start to go missing. And, you know, like sort of the, the theme behind it is that like there's a black bag over somebody's face. And it, long story short, it finds out that the killer has been in the house the whole time up in the attic. And uh, the movie sort of ends, I think, with the with the dead body in the rocking chair in the attic. Yeah, yeah. It's Claire, who, which this movie also we, we started talking about it briefly before we went on a tangent. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's Claire, it, it, the, the first victim of the 1974 movie and this movie. Uh, and she, the killer, you know, he kills her and then props her up in the, one of these small windows uh, in the attic. And that's the last kind of like, you know, grisly image that you see is that she's still in that window. Nobody has found her and she's still there. And uh, the more that the, the camera kind of zooms out and then, and yeah, you can still see her there, but you can see how people would miss it. You know, and I think that's one of the, the things that I really enjoyed about the remake. And that, you know, I did like the original quite a bit, but I'm not like a huge, you know, like fanboy or anything like that. And I never had the hate. I never had the hate, you know, like, oh, I can't believe they're remaking the classic. It's like, hey, you know, I don't care. And, you know, the remake, I felt, did a really nice job of paying its respects to the originals, but then also going in its own way. Agreed. In stark contrast to the 1974 movie, where we didn't know anything about Billy, Man, do we get to know everything about Billy. Oh, yeah, we do. We get backstories. But even the very first shot of the movie is uh, harkens back to the original. It just opens up on a house with Christmas lights. And it's just like the camera stays on it. In the original Black Christmas, it stays on it for like a long time. In the new one, you still, you get the very first shot of the movie is a sorority house with the lights on. And then it does, you know, some more quick cuts like you would do in the mid 2000s. And uh, as we, we mentioned a little earlier, Claire uh, is wrapping some presents. She is in the process of writing a, I think, is it a Christmas card or, or maybe like a, like a present tag to her, to her uh, sister, to her sister, Lee. She notices her closet is, is askew, a jar. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> they both mean the same thing yeah. in, in, for the most part. Yeah, both those things. Her closet is, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she goes to investigate. Gets a bag over her head, a plastic bag, and gets stabbed in the fucking eye. And that's the first time I screamed. Yeah, get ready for more eye shit. The whole movie is just eyes, 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 eyes ripped out, eyes eaten, eyes stabbed, eyes popped out, eyes thrown, eyes everything. Yeah, what did what did you say the the you know what did you say this should be called or I should be I what did I say this should be called? Uh, we were texting about this over the last couple of days. Uh, a bunch of eye shit, something like that. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh my god, the uh, the killer or killers in this case. More on that later. Uh, just uh, are obsessed with eyes. You can't just kill somebody. Although one person just does. All right, maybe a couple of them do get killed 
when not eye related traumas i couldn't really figure out why it, it was so obsessed with eyes either like is there something in the flashbacks that i missed nope i don't know either <laughs> it's just eyes just like fucking eyes just because just to fuck with me dude is it, just for me <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I, 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 no, I, I didn't see anything in the in the flashbacks that would make me think that, you know, that's why they're targeting that particular part of the body over and over again. So the biggest difference with this movie is that there is a whole ton of flashbacks that let you know that give a backstory to Billy, to our main, to our killer, because we know it's Billy. And in this present timeline, you know, our our character Claire is killed, but in our present timeline, Billy is in a like an insane asylum. That's right. He's in the it's the, it's the Clark Sanitarium, which I don't know if you you caught that reference, but the uh, yeah, the original Bob Clark, Bob yeah. Clark, baby, which yeah. I thought was that was kind of cool and clever. He directed that 1974 original, you know, slasher, nasty. And what's funny is he also directed like we talked about it a couple episodes ago. My favorite Christmas movie of all time, A Christmas Story, which is crazy that he did both of those movies. Uh, but yeah, Billy's in this uh, Clark Sanitarium, and uh, Billy wants to go home. Also, Billy's got jaundice, which means he's got super yellow skin because mm. of a, a liver condition that he was born with. And uh, he looks like the yellow bastard from Sin City. I'm just going to say it. He yeah, does he does. Yeah, yeah, he does. Looks just like that, dude. And uh, he uh, obviously escapes because of the dumbest fucking security guard I've ever seen in my entire life. You're right. <laughs> so he's out. And then, uh, and then I think, I, I, man, I can't be sure, but I, I think they threw... A little Silent Night, Deadly Night reference in there too, because he sneaks out of the insane asylum in a Santa suit. Yeah, that's right. He he kills this horny Santa Claus who's like hitting one of the uh, orderlies, and uh, yeah, Billy sneaks up on him, and and we don't really see him die. We just see a bunch of blood everywhere, and then yeah, he dons the suit, and uh, out he goes. It so cuts between that at the beginning. It cuts between that, and it cuts between the girls back at the sorority house, and they've got their problems with each other. You know, there's some arguments. There's a weird character. It's a huge red herring because we think that like maybe she has something to do with it, but she doesn't. Um, Eve? Yeah, Eve. <laughs> Dude, Eve showed up and she's like, she's got the glasses and the, the you know, the hair tied tightly behind her. And right away, I'm like, this is has nothing to do with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but they want you. They really want you to do because she like she stays in Billy's old room or yes. something like that and they go in her room later and they see a bunch of newspaper clippings like uh you know like she's a big thing and uh she's she's got like three lines that she mumbles at the beginning of the movie then you don't see her for like an hour and then when you see her next it's just her decapitated head yeah you find her head that's pretty much it in the meantime uh you get the second victim which is um megan you get megan who's watching a sex tape that apparently her ex-boyfriend yeah, that I wasn't whole really thing, super clear that whole about thing this. Confused me because it's a sex tape that she's watching of her boyfriend. Maybe it was still her boyfriend, but he shows up later. And yeah. I can't even like I can't even I, I'm assuming it's with this like our main, you know, like blonde girl. Well, it turns out her final girl, Kelly, who that's who he's dating now. Yeah, but it doesn't and... even look like her on the videotape. And it, they don't really do much with it at all. It's just sort of there. And yeah, so... this part. This part, was this part was unnecessary. What you need to know about this scene is that uh, she hears some noises up in the attic and she goes to investigate, uh, put, gets a bad pick over her head, and then the killer doesn't stab her in the eye, but he reaches into her eye socket and rips her eye out, you know, complete with, uh, yeah. you know, the, the optical nerve, like being pulled taut like a rubber band. And I literally screamed in my apartment. <laughs> 
everything involves the eyes and uh interspersed with all like the main storyline we get a flashback and we'll talk about the flashback as a whole it like cuts in it doesn't do it one long bit it cuts in between as it's cutting back to the present time and it goes back to back and every time it flashes back it's like a little bit farther on it starts off when billy's a baby and then when billy's like six and then 10 or whatever and it moves up how much would you say the flashbacks take up of this movie? I, I'm going to go ahead and guess like a third, maybe more than a third. Yeah, it's probably about a third. Because it starts when he's a baby back in 1970, 1970, I think, right? I think 1970 is the exactly, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, 1970. And then you get a flashback to five years later, 1975, where it shows you how uh, Billy's mom really sucked. Uh, she tells little five-year-old Billy that, uh, Santa Claus's sleigh was shot down by the Russians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Billy's like, "Oh no!" You know, <laughs> well, you know, little little yellow Billy. You know, because he's he's you know he's already been born with this this uh, disorder. But his dad is cool though. He seems real nice. He's into Billy. Unfortunately for Billy's dad, uh, Billy's mom is having an affair with some shithead, and uh, the both of them end up killing you know Billy's real dad basically in front of him because billy is uh he loves to peep he's a he's a little peeper and uh, yeah because his dad sent him up to go get his present yeah and billy likes to crawl he's got all these like little tunnels through the house he's in the walls and he's and he sees his the body being buried by his mom and his mom's boyfriend yeah they're burying it underneath the uh what the front porch yeah yeah so yeah billy's mom is a real real piece of work in this movie and it oh man does it get worse and then it like when it comes back to this flashback it's a little bit longer and i guess they've just sort of left it alone they're like billy's still living with the mom and the the boyfriend that's right then it flashes to so he went from 1970 to 1975 so then we're in uh 1982 right so billy's what like 12 here yeah Yeah. and uh it flashes to some to some i have I made a note here of some bad stair sex where uh, Billy's mom and her boyfriend are, are getting it on, on the stairs, but like her boyfriend passes out in the yeah, middle of it. Yeah, he's super drunk. Yeah, and she's like, oh, not again. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get by far the fucking, oh, God, the fucking cringiest yeah. scene in the movie. And I'm going to say this even before you get to it. Um, it's totally unnecessary. You didn't need this storyline you could have still had the outcome afterwards. Yeah. Uh, from from the boyfriend, you didn't need this at all. Totally unnecessary. My biggest problem with the movie. Well, it, it it's not even unnecessary. Like they, it could have been in the movie, but man, this movie like just won't leave well enough alone. Like subtlety is not its strength. Let's put it that way. Uh, what ends up happening is you know Billy's mom. She's still hot and bothered from the failed stair sex. She looks up at the ceiling like, oh yeah, I got a I got a twelve year old kid up there. And uh, well, basically she goes upstairs, disrobes, and rapes him. And then when we get back to the flashback, uh, she's had a baby named Agnes, and it's Billy's baby. Yeah, nine months later, and it's Agnes is born. So and, Agnes uh, is Billy's sister and daughter. Yeah, and I'm uh, I'm sitting there watching this movie, just like rocking back and forth between the eye trauma and this, thinking, "What the fuck am I watching?" And I'm serious. It, it in my book, it's totally unnecessary. You don't even need it. You don't even do any imply it. You don't need to show it. It could have just been like her and her boyfriend had a baby. You could have still had the same shit that happens later on, and not have the weird incest storyline. They just, I feel like I, it's just there to be weird and to be for, shocking. And it yeah, doesn't make shock- any sense. It doesn't need to be there. 
it doesn't need to be there. I agree with you. And if they absolutely like insisted on that storyline being in there, you know, they could have handled it a little bit better. Like maybe like fine, you know, without that goddamn scene, like, okay. The movie doesn't show you her raping him. Okay. It's just, but it's heavily, heavily, heavily implied, but they could have just like, you know, in a revelation, which would have been like a shocking, Oh my God type moment. Been like, Oh man, that's, that's Billy's daughter. But no, that's very, you know, you know exactly where this is going. And yes, Billy is now, you know, he's got a daughter uh, with his mom which is just the fucking worst. <laughs> um, you know what? And this is where the eye shit comes from because the next flashback you see is Billy's older and Agnes is now five or six or whatever. That's right. She's opening a present at Christmas. And uh, Billy attacks her when the, when her, his mother's, you know, away and his, you know, his stepdad or whatever is his mom's boyfriend is sleeping or something like that. He stabs her in the fucking eye. That's what it is. That's, that's, right. that's the eye shit. I forgot about that. He just, but yeah, but again, like what, you know, what prompts that attack? You know what? Nothing. He just does it. And does he, okay, here's where I was a little confused. Does he pluck out both eyes or just one? It's just one, one right? He just, stat, like, he just gets one eye out of Agnes. Then Billy kills the boyfriend and his mom, and then he cuts her skin off and uh, ends up making cookies out of it. And that's what she gets for telling him that Santa Claus got shot down by the Russians. And then it like cuts back to the present time and like the girls are like, and yeah, so he attacked his sister and now nobody knows what happened to Agnes. And you know, the, and the movie doesn't hide this. It's like Agnes is in the fucking house because who else yeah. would it be? Because Billy is in the insane asylum when the first couple of kills happen. So it's not Billy, it's going to be Agnes. So the movie doesn't really hide yes. that from you. It's, it's pretty clunky if it is trying to hide it from you. No, it's it's. I think it's pretty obvious that there's two killers right off the bat, and then as soon as that flashback reveals what all went down with Billy and his mom, you're like, oh, okay, it's that's Agnes up there. So this time, as opposed to the 1974 original, it's Agnes has been living up in the attic the entire time, or you know, wherever in the crawl spaces. Um. So you get, uh, you know, the end game is pretty much just the end of the the. It, it lasts for quite a while. It's just like a Agnes and Billy reunited in the house you know they're you know like a gruesome fucking twosome trying to clear out their house you know they want their house back and so you know they're uh, the last like 30 minutes is just one long like chase slash attack scene more eye shit happens there's one character that is not an eye kill where i think it's i forget if it's billy i think it's billy he throws ice skates like a fucking boomerang at this yeah. uh this character's head <laughs> And it just like the top of her skull off. Yeah, it just it just yeah. it scalps her, but like to the to the you know down to the brain. Yeah, I don't think we've mentioned it clearly before, but this movie is gory as fuck. It's very gory, you guys. It's very gory, and it's well done gore. Which again, with the eye trauma, it's just it was like a nightmare for me. Um, yeah, there's uh, another one where the the sorority mother, you know, like I guess the because this happened in the original movie too. Mrs. Mac, right? Yeah, where there's an older woman that lives in the house with them, sort of as like the supervisor. She gets uh, she gets an icicle through the eye. I'm sure that wouldn't happen in real life, but it goes directly through her head. Yeah, it's like her her head is made of butter. Eye comes out the other side. Uh, there's another person that gets stabbed in the. It's it's Kyle uh, Kelly's the, our you know our final girl's boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, he gets stabbed by by this uh, crystal unicorn, which is a throwback to the uh, 1974 original. Yeah. And his eyeball comes out the back of his head. Uh, by the way, Mary Elizabeth Weinstead is in this movie uh, playing the character of Heather. And 
I fucking thought for sure that she was going to be our final girl because it's Mary Elizabeth Weinstead, right? By far right. the she's the, the bigger name in that movie. And man, when she got killed in that car right before Mrs. Mack uh, got the icicle through her head, I yeah. genuine shock. I couldn't yeah. believe it. I'm like, holy shit. Good job, movie. Way, way to go. By the way, Mrs. Mack. Mrs. Mack is played by uh, Andrea Martin. Who is in who the was, original. In the original, she played Phil, Phyllis. Yeah. And uh, I uh, I watched, well, I watched Dead Meets uh, Kill Count on this thing. And just because I wanted to, to get like a quick refresher. Uh, and yeah, she had like the lamest kill in that movie for sure. <laughs> she's she she goes into a room, a door gets closed quickly on her, and the next time you see her, she's like dead in a in a bed. So she was like the shittiest kill in that movie. Yeah, I read up about this a little bit afterwards, and she said that um, when she had been asked to be in the Black Christmas remake, she's like, "Man, I haven't thought about that movie in thirty years, and now here I am doing it again." Man, how cool would that be, man? Because that was a Canadian production, low budget, and then you know people still talk about it and still are remaking and can't stop remaking it. Um, you know, fifty years later or whatever it is, that's fucking great. What a, what a legacy! So it's down to our final, you know, our final two girls. It's uh, you know, the our a blonde haired one. Uh, that's Kelly. Kelly, and it's uh, um, Claire's sister, Lee. Yeah, who's played by Kristen Cloak, by the way. She's the she was the I was like, I was dude, it was killing me. I'm like, who the hell is this actress? And she was the uh the teacher in Final Destination. She was the one that yes. the first Final Destination movie. She was the one that got the the the, the big old knife stuck in her chest when yep. she was in the kitchen. Yeah. yeah, well the reason she's in this movie is because um of her final destination work. Is that right? Oh, yeah. that's great, man. Because yeah. I loved her in that movie and I love her in this movie. Lee is a great character. She's like a badass takes no fucking bullshit uh character uh, it's awesome and i you know the 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 very ending sort of attack in the house is pretty cool because uh you know you've got agnes now and it's agnes played by a male character in a wig <laughs> yes obviously <laughs> i don't know why maybe they were trying to drive the incest point home but again unnecessary and it doesn't even he doesn't even try and sound like a girl he's just like i'm agnes yeah <laughs> <laughs> you've got and you've got billy chasing him through the house and i swear to god there's so many times i looked at barry uh i looked at uh billy and i'm like that's like fucking that's glenn howerton from it's always sitting in philadelphia that's dennis it just <laughs> look like him yeah man it kind of did uh, now that i'm looking back on it and uh yeah it's just yeah it's dennis crawling through a, a bunch of crawl spaces which would track for that character and, and by the way i wrote down that uh this house has more like peepholes and yeah. like uh, you know crawl spaces than a fucking Scooby Doo mansion, dude. It's crazy. It's Everywhere. It's got and it always like zooms in on that peephole and it shows one of their eyes from behind. Yeah. There's only coming. one time. There's only one time though where I was like, ah, oh, that looks really bad. Like there's a bathroom Shower? scene. Yeah, there's a bathroom scene with like the <laughs> tiles on the floor, and it was an obvious like it was a really bad CG shot of an eye. Like up until that point, all the other eyes had been like real, just like somebody looking through a hole. This right. was like added in. It was bad. It, it looks it looks terrible. Yeah. With only the that one time the shower. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the the end's pretty cool. Kelly's stuck in the, you know, stuck in the wall, and Lee's trying to run around and like poke holes in the walls, try to get her through. And uh, she eventually does, and then the house burns down with Billy and Agnes inside of it. So that's the end of the movie, right, Luke? If only. Dude, if it was if it ended right there. I would, uh, I'd be fucking thinking about a, like a like a nine or an eight out of ten. But no, it, then it goes into a, a hospital, which I read that that was a 
tacked on ending because the Weinstein yeah. brothers yep. were not happy with this nine million, eight million budgeted movie. Like, who gives a fuck? But they could not stop like fucking with this movie, right? And uh, they had the the director do a whole new ending. And man, this is where the movie fucking starts to suck for me. They wanted they wanted more gore too. They wanted yep. it to be super gory. They wanted it to be like that shock value. It already was gory. Yeah, it was pretty fucking gory. You know what? I um, it was pretty that that hospital scene at the end is pretty boring, pretty unnecessary. Um, uh, I you know I didn't let it bother me. I just sort of didn't pay attention to it. I hated it so much because, uh, you know, even with the, the the crazy incest stuff and all the eye trauma, I was like, man, this is a this is a hell of a remake. I was really, as a horror fan, enjoying myself, you know, despite all that shit. But man, that last fifteen minutes in the hospital, I it, it felt tacked on. It was it was I thought it was fucking unnecessary and and terrible. And how the fuck did Billy and Agnes so easily sneak into the hospital? That doesn't make any goddamn sense. And all of a sudden, so Billy is just like a master of crawl spaces, including hospitals, places that he's never been before, because he's starting to do the same thing that he was doing in the house. Uh, it didn't sink the movie for me, but man, did it bring it down a, a, quite a few notches. I, I thought it sucked. Yeah, like I said, I didn't really let it bother me. For all intents and purposes, that um, the movie ended at the house. I was fine with it problems that i had with this movie a couple of two big problems one the incest storyline not needed totally unnecessary and number two man this movie's dark like <laughs> not like dark in tone like like not like oh dark comedy or dark thoughts but no it's like dark you can't see stuff it is it's very dark it's it's dude there's parts of this movie that are primarily lit by christmas lights which is fine you know it's it's got a very cool christmas vibe to it like this is one that i'm like man this is this belongs on this list for sure but yes i agree with you it's very 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 dark yeah all of the uh, oh they leaned hard on uh the nutcracker suite for this one like every fucking thing in the movie is one of the nutcracker pieces of music yep yeah, ringtones, for, for sure. text notifications. Yeah, this is back in 2006 where it was like novel to change your ringtone to whatever the, you know, most current holiday was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone's got the, the Nutcracker or, or the Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairies or whatever for their ringtone. And it's, you know, like we get it, it's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so give me your final thoughts on the Black Christmas remake from 2006. I liked it and I'm to liked it to the point where I'm baffled by the low IMDb score. Uh, oh, it's just it's just Black Christmas fans like fucking flabbergasted that they dare remake a just, classic. Just spamming fucking bad reviews. Oh no, yeah. No, I read I read I skimmed through quite a few of them. It's just it's mostly just people like lamenting the fact that they remade the original. Man, yeah, I guess it doesn't. I'm like you. I, I, I the original doesn't hold. I, I, I recognize it for what it is. I, and I, I think it's a great movie, and everybody should see it, especially if you're a horror fan. But uh, it doesn't like you know, it's not untouchable. Uh, and this new one is the way remakes should be. It, it brings something new to the table. Uh, I'm not usually one to, actually, I'm never one to to say you. I need to know everything about the killer, which this movie does. Uh, and I'm also with Marcus. The incest story wasn't needed. I think it could have been handled a little bit more subtly than it was. 
that's my major issue with it because good god you're gonna want to take a shower after this movie i'm just telling you right now and also my other thought about it was uh the the phone calls the the big part about both the original and this movie are, are these these phone calls that the girls keep getting and they're like these obscene you know uh what would you call it? like uh profanity filled phone yeah. calls to, to to freak them out right and right man the 1974 uh, version has the best fucking crazy phone calls i've ever heard in my entire yeah, life it's they're really it, effective they're, they're really effective they're really freaky and scary it just sounds like one person uh, that's just completely unhinged and they're, they're coming into your house uh during a snowstorm and you can't do anything about it and it's scary as shit in this movie they kind of suck uh, it sounds like somebody with uh, a voice changer or, you know, or, or two. And it just, it doesn't, it's nowhere near as effective. It's, it's weird more than scary. And I mean, I don't know. It, it just, well, w- one of my pet peeves with this movie was the, the phone calls being not anywhere near as cool as in the, in the original. Yeah. I enjoyed myself a lot watching this one. Uh, I, I'm going to chalk some of that up to the fact that our series of movies that we picked to do this year have been subpar. Yes. To where, like, I think this one, just by it being, you know, a bit above average, felt like a whole lot more fun than the other stuff we had watched. Agreed. But one of the really cool things that I enjoyed thinking about while I was watching it is that, you know, here's this remake of, you know, this classic, this slasher classic that sort of helped create the genre here in America. And now you're watching a remake of that movie um, sort of being what that original allowed it to be. Like you wouldn't have this kind of movie if you didn't have the original. For sure. For so sure. I, it, I really a, enjoyed that. Yeah. It's like a, it's this weird evolution of, of slasher movies where the original one started it. And then throughout the eighties and nineties, it evolved, you know, naturally. And then we ended up at that point in time and we got this 2006 remake, which was like the kind of like a, I don't know, like a very well, made snapshot of what slashers were at that point i I just think it's a cool i don't know i think it's a cool thing that that it exists so as is customary when we get to the end of a franchise fracas or a review to death halloween or on christmas edition or whatever we're doing we like to do a final ranking of all the movies we've watched so we had eight movies this year and uh, we're going to start with number eight the one we did not like or enjoyed the least and we're going to go up to our number one so in my number eight spot luke my <laughs> very bottom one is wind chill same dude wind chill there's no uh no one no other movie really comes close and it's a it's it's a disappointing pick because it's a movie that looks like it easily could have been released in theaters which by the way it wasn't but it looks great but uh, everything else about it, except for the acting, the acting was good too, is 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 a letdown. So before we go further, um, I want to take this opportunity to tell you that on my list that I'm looking at right now, I have Windchill at eight. And then I literally have like five spaces before my next line. That's how far lower I believe this one to be <laughs> than everything else. I really didn't like that one. And I also want to say that usually Luke and I are pretty similar on our rankings. Like, you know, there's, you know, the odd, you know, flip flop or, you know, sometimes we'll have our number one movie will be different. 
I sort of have a feeling that this one's going to be pretty different. But my number, my number seven is Jack Frost. Man, we're, we're not that far off. And I, I think my number seven is going to shock you because I was looking through our, uh, our you know, our reviews of our on Christmas uh, edition for 2021 this year. And I rated this movie fairly uh, you know, highly, I guess, uh, in the grand scheme of things. And the more I thought about it, the more, the further I got away from it, the less I liked it. And I'm kind of regret giving it the score that I did, but I'm not going to change it. But my number seven is Holidays, man. You know, I'm, I'm a little surprised that Holidays is that low. I'm a surprise that mine's higher than it was, but mm-hmm. um, I do remember, I do remember being uh, a bit of uh, incredulous when I saw your number on that when we were writing the review for that one. Here's I'm like, what I'm. Are th- you serious that you yeah, put that yeah. one like that? I know. Here's what I'm thinking, man, and I'm not making excuses, but I had so much fun watching that movie with you and Nick that I think that like influence my uh, ultimate score <laughs> and the more you know i get away from it it's yeah that sucked <laughs> like it's, hanging out with you guys online is fucking amazing i'll do that anytime but uh fuck that movie it's just long and it's yeah, yeah it just it drags along and there's too many stories too um, many stories that don't work yeah um but uh holidays is number six for me I mean, I okay. guess I could have I could have flipped Jack Frost and Holidays either or I could have done that. Um, That's what I did. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> Number six is Jack Frost. Yeah, it's you. Know, it I don't know. I, in my review, I I think I called it a uh, an R-rated Power Rangers episode, and that's exactly what it is. And it's really fucking stupid, and it's got a rape scene played for laughs, which makes it that much worse. Um, yeah, don't watch it. I'm going to give you my number five and my number four at the same time, uh, okay. because my number four, I am, I'm honestly shocked that it ended up at four, but maybe it's more of a testament to the, the shitty quality of movies we picked this time around. Okay. Is, uh, my number five is mercy Christmas. And my number four is Wolf of snow hollow. So dude, my number five is the Wolf of snow hollow. And number four is mercy Christmas. And I have an arrow a uh, double-sided arrow pointing to each one like interchangeably like it's it, you could switch them either time yeah that's exactly what i got going what, on. what made the wolf of snow hollow jump up ahead of mercy christmas for me is that the wolf stuff is so good it's so good it's so good and i um and you know when i was looking back at it i kept coming back to that wolf stuff i was like man it was really cool wolf stuff i really wish yeah. the, rest of the movie was I, good i think but, we were i think we were too rough on it dude <laughs> I'm done. Dude, the the rest of the movie is shit, dude. It doesn't make yeah. any sense. Let me just take a minute to remind you that they cut four scenes together in totally oh, yeah. different time time periods. That's right. We Fuck weren't that. too hard. We were not too hard on that movie. The wolf yeah. stuff is awesome, and it yeah. put it ahead of Mercy Christmas for me because Mercy Christmas should have stayed a short because um the the stuff at the end was great and everything else was pretty damn boring. Uh, yeah exactly yeah uh, you're right you're right never mind it belongs right where it is <laughs> my number three is saint same baby yeah i feel it belongs there yep <clears throat> nothing else to say i got saint is number three that's it <laughs> um and i'm gonna guess that our one and two are gonna be flip-flop okay my, my number two is the children and my number one is black christmas and i just had a lot of fun watching that one it was like oh finally i just get a movie that i can just enjoy uh, you are exactly right. They are flip flop. Like at number two, uh, Black Christmas, 
2006 and number one is the children um and honestly those two are probably well i guess the top three are the only ones you should really consider watching if i'm being honest yeah saint black christmas and the children really yeah you don't need to watch the other ones it's now time to guess the movie title our last one of the year it's Luke's turn tonight. Hit me with it. All right, man. So in this 1994 American science fiction horror comedy, an evil scientist implants the brain of Michael, a murdered high school student, in an animatronic Tyrannosaurus. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So so he what, escaped. What year did you say? 1994. 94. Okay. All right. So, so he escapes, you know, wrecks vengeance on his high school tormentors and is reunited with his girlfriend. Together, they try to elude the mad scientist and the police and find a more appropriate vessel for Mike's brain. You mean the T-Rex, the animatronic T-Rex isn't doing it for him? Yeah, yeah, they don't want that. <laughs> man, I'll take an animatronic T-Rex. I'll be a T-Rex any goddamn day. <laughs> All right, man, you ready for clue number one? Give it to me. All right, this is, we're going to harken back to the days where clue number one didn't mean all that much. So uh, so this ridiculousness is directed by a guy named Stuart Raffel, who has also directed such infamous cheese fests such as The Ice Pirates, Mannequin, <laughs> mannequin, mannequin on the Move, which, by the way, that's Mannequin 2. Okay. Uh, and Mac and Me, baby. Oh, fucking Mac and Me. <laughs> the movie's yeah, awful. I- this is the guy. This is the guy responsible for it. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, clue number two. Uh, this movie stars two well-known and at the time extremely young actors who would go on to have successful careers. Okay. Yeah. The the girlfriend, her name is Tammy, right? She is played by Denise Richards. Okay. Uh, who was 23 at the time. Got it. Uh, and this is her first like starring role. She's been in some movies before, but this is, you know, starring Denise Richards. Uh, and Michael, you know, the guy that gets uh, killed and then his brain ends up in a, t- you know, Tyrannosaurus Rex is played by Paul Walker, uh, oh, okay. who was uh, 19 uh, at the time. So real, real young. I, I looked at some pictures. I mean, he looks like a baby, dude. Yeah. That's great. Okay. You ready for uh, your last clue? Yes. So Denise Richards' character name, as I mentioned, her name is Tammy. Uh, and her name is the first part of the title. There's no other way I can, you know, have you guess that. The second part of the title focuses on what Michael's become. Uh, think real simple for this one. All right. So, uh, you know, take your time. I think, I mean, I think I got it. Is it. Is this movie called Tammy T-Rex? It, oh, you're, oh, you're so fucking close. You're, you're missing one word. You're, you got those, both those words are exactly correct. <laughs> you need something in between Tammy and T-Rex. A uh, couple of words, actually. Tammy and the... Yeah, yep, that's it. Tammy, Tammy and the T-Rex. <laughs> Right, damn me, T Rex. Hey, it's a catchy. Dude, it's catchy. It works, man. I don't, I'm not. I'm not mad at it. Tammy and the and the goddamn T Rex. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you this poster. Yeah. Uh, real quick, if you have your phone by you, uh, yeah. Let me know what you think about this, and uh, just describe to the uh, the <laughs> listeners. Um. Well, it looks like a caricature. Yep. <laughs> it's um. You know, I think it's one of those things where they like they took a bunch of pictures and they drew on top of it. Yes, and they're cel shaded. Like, looks like the eighties or the early nineties, you know. With the, uh, it's a great time. It's a great, uh, it's a great poster. I'd watch it. 
I love it. I love the uh, the cartoon, you know, cell shaded uh, young Denise Denise Richards. Yeah, who's uh like seductively being held by the T Rex uh, with her arm like on his chin, and the T Rex his mouth is like just dripping with blood and gore. Yeah, there's a bunch of characters we don't know about, you know, around. I like them, the guy on the left that's just sort of like. Uh... <laughs> It's a it's a it's a great great poster. I have not watched the trailer for this. Um, it, the reason the reason I, I I chose this one is because uh, well you know this is our last uh, episode of the year, uh, last uh, on Christmas edition uh, episode, but uh, this uh, this is going to act as a segue of sorts to what we're going to be doing in January, which is uh, you know killer animals that's going to be our, our, our theme for january it's going to be killer animals and yeah that's what we're going to be going with uh so yeah uh this is our this is our last podcast for a few weeks couple weeks i think we're coming back uh second week of january thanks for sticking with us through this sort of subpar on christmas edition we made ourselves watch yeah um <laughs> thanks as always for listening we'll see you in january yeah, you guys, thank you for anyone that's uh, that's clicked, checked us out on Imager or, or, you know, God bless you, listen to, to, to us, you know, talk. Hey, you know, it's awesome. We appreciate it. Uh, Merry Christmas to you. Happy New Year. And uh, we'll see you in uh, 2022. The Review to Death podcast is written and produced by the both of us. We release new episodes on Mondays and Fridays. Thank you to Groove Witness for the use of their music. You can find them at GrooveWitness.us. Check out our written reviews at the link in the description and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Review to Death. Thank you for listening. And Luke, tell us what's coming up in the new year. Yeah, so in 2022, the first movie we're going to start with is Razorback, which comes from Australia. Uh, we can't wait to check it out. It's a movie that we've been meaning to watch for a long time. That's pretty much all I got. Better Gators. We're going to have this fucking conversation again? Wicker man! I got problems. I was right about the snowman the whole time. I will stop doing that. Hey, you said ready! At least use a fucking mallet. I'm stuffing a big-ass fucking wolf. And if you go outside, you got to be careful of that wind chill. This is good with a hat.